Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. We're going to jump straight in on this week's podcast. My guest is Gretchen Blyler, the snowboarding world's champion. She won four X Games titles. She's a former Super Pipe champion and also an Olympic silver medalist. We talk about a lot of things, including yoga, meditation, food and nutrition, as well as Gretchen's very own water bottle design, the Alex Bottle. We go into all those details. Just before we go into the interview, I want to tell you about this week's sponsor. It is audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash best. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. For your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. I want to get into this interview so you can learn from the very best. It is Gretchen Blyler. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Gretchen Blyler, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. A four-time X Games gold medalist former world superpipe champion and an Olympic silver medalist. So many incredible achievements. But let's start with, in your whole life, what would you say is your proudest achievement? Uh, that is a really great question, Richard. Um, my proudest achievement, and you know, I think it's actually not even an achievement at all. It's something that... Um, you know, you're living your life by. And I think it's having the courage to follow, follow my heart and follow what I know has been inside me my whole life. Um, and from doing that, I've been able to achieve um, um, amazing things in my lifetime. But I think um, that is sort of the source. So that's what I'm most, uh, most proud of. Well, I mentioned those achievements were what you were doing in your snowboarding career. Why don't you tell our listeners what you're up to right now? Yeah, um, well, I, I'm doing a little bit of everything right now, which is really different from the life that I was living as a professional snowboarder and competitor. Um, you know, for me, my my life leading up to the Olympics and really becoming an Olympic snowboarder, it was really linear because I had, I had a dream at seven years old that I wanted to be an Olympian. 
And so I pretty much lived my life, um, you know, with that one goal sort of in mind always. And now it's really different. I think that journey has led me to become a lot more um, sort of multidimensional. And so there, there's no, there is no more linear, which is, um, you know, it's exciting. It's also sometimes scary. Um, I started a business with my husband called Alex Bottle. And um, Alex Bottle is, an, is actually a stainless steel reusable water bottle that you can open up in the middle so you can actually clean it out because most water bottles out there are almost impossible to clean. And so we were traveling around the world as snowboarders and, you know, we're seeing the effects of climate change firsthand. So we decided that we wanted to um, make sustainable, living a sustainable lifestyle easy. And one way we saw we could do that is by improving these water bottles that were out there. And uh, so my husband kind of came up with this technology of opening it up in the middle. And because you can open it up in the middle, you can also compact it. So it collapses to half, half of its size, size, it nests inside of itself. So it can then become a, a cup or two cups or a bowl for your oatmeal if you're out camping. And then it's also customizable. Um, so lots of different colorways to fit your individual style. Um, Alex stands for always live extraordinarily and there's sort of a bigger movement idea behind the company as well. And it's the idea that extraordinary is different for everyone. And it really comes in all different shapes and sizes. And it's not necessarily about climbing to the top of Mount Everest or standing on top of the Olympic podium, but it's about really following, following your heart. And every day, um, making the choices that add up to an extraordinary life for you. Um, so that's sort of like the bigger picture behavior idea behind what we're doing with Alex Bottle. And we kind of believe that Alex Bottle is a tangible example of that because we had a, an ordinary bottle that was pretty impossible to clean. It was bulk, bulky to travel with. And we made one single change that made that shift from ordinary to extraordinary. And now it's much more than just a water bottle. Well, I dread to think what type of germs I've got in my old tin metallic water bottle. So I'll have to get one of yours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I, I absolutely love the name um, Always Live Extraordinarily. I think that's brilliant because that's what we try to do on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. That's what we, we want to, people to live extraordinarily. I can't even say it, extraordinarily. <laughs> we want them to achieve their very best. So I really love that. You mentioned climate change. I know that's something you're um, very much involved with right now. What what ideas have you got up your sleeve about trying to raise a bit more awareness around the world about it? Right. Well, um, I guess, first of all, the how it became a passion of mine um, this goal of always wanting to become an Olympian. Well, when I finally became an Olympian in 2006, um, I, I got there and I had an amazing experience and I really felt like I had put in my time. I had put in a lot of work. I had had a lot of uh, success and a lot of failures and I had kind of been through so much that I was really prepared to, to go to the, those Olympics and, and have 
the best Olympic experience that I could have. And I came away with a silver medal, which was a dream come true. It was just a dream come true to become an Olympian. So to walk away with a medal was um, sort of like icing on top of the cake. But what I realized at that point is that I was ready to respond to something more than just my snowboarding and more than just um, the journey that I had just been on. It was very important to me, but also I was ready to use my platform to talk about something, um, you know, something bigger than just myself. And for me, uh, this was 2006 and I was, I was experiencing the, the effects of climate change firsthand at that point. We were traveling around the world to competitions in, in the Alps and in New Zealand and in um, South America and Chile and Argentina. And we were, we were experiencing climate change and it was affecting our, our sport. It was affecting my livelihood. It was affecting the, the towns where I grew up snowboarding and training. Um, so climate change was something I was really passionate about. And I saw uh, a fellow Olympian, Joey Cheek, he was in a, a U.S. Olympic speed skater in those Olympics in 2006. And I saw him not just win a handful of medals, but win a handful of medals and then choose to then donate his winnings to the organization A Right to Play. And that monetary contribution was really amazing. But what was even more impactful was the amount of awareness that he raised for that organization because that's all anybody wanted to talk about in the media was this Olympian who had just won a handful of medals and was now donating it all to a right to play. And so for me, he was a huge role model, an example of what I wanted to do as well. And so I started to use my platform to talk about climate change. And of course it was a little bit scary and risky because it was controversial to talk about, um, period. In 2006, it was still sort of, is it happening? Is it not? Is it man-made? Is it not? It was a little bit political. Um, so I didn't know if I was going to get backlash talking about it. And I also felt like, you know, I'm just a snowboarder. I'm not a climate scientist, you know, who am I to kind of speak out about this? But at the same time, it was far more important for me to, to speak to it than, to, than my fears around, you know, what would happen because it was something that was affecting me firsthand. And so I, I kind of netted out that this was something that I had firsthand experience with. And so I wanted to talk about it. So I started to use my platform. And, um, you know, since then, I have gotten really involved with an organization called Protect Our Winters. Um, I'm, a, I'm a member of the Riders Alliance, which is a group of over 50 professional skiers, snowboarders, mountaineers. And actually now it's, we're getting even bigger and opening up to the entire outdoor sports community, period. So we have a fly fisher woman in there um, and are working with other bigger brands too, like um, Patagonia, North Face, Cliff Bar, Aspen Snowmass. So we're really kind of gathering this entire community of people who care about nature, wild places, wild things, and want to protect and preserve. And so for the past, um, well, since 2009 now, I've been working with Pr Protect Our Winters also as a board member. And um, we have a, a 
school presentation called Hot Planet Cool Athletes, where we go around to schools around the country and talk about what's going on with our climate and how things are changing and why things are changing and then how how we can get involved and um, what we are doing personally, the professional snowboarders and, and skiers and members of the alliance. Um, so we inspire, we inspire the kids to, to get involved and to care and to get curious and see how they can get involved. Um, I also have been going to Washington, D.C. and lobbying on Capitol Hill with Protect Our Winters um, every year and actually just got back from the White House. I was invited to be a part of a roundtable discussion around how sports can really be a huge lever for our climate challenges. Um, so it's a little bit of everything from my everyday actions and choices to calling senators to going to Capitol Hill and talking to Congress people and lawmakers to having roundtable discussions. Um, and I also actually was part of the United Nations Climate Conference um, this past December in Paris and also spoke there around how sports can be a huge lever in this conversation. Mm, I saw you went to the White House on Twitter. I was going to ask you about that, but it it sounds like you're a very, very busy lady. Now, when you've got all these things going on, are there any kind of routines and, and kind of tricks that you would use from when you were a snowboarder, which you now use in, in your regular, regular life? Do you get up at a certain time? Do, do you have a kind of order? What have you learned from your sporting career, which you, you now use in this this line of work that you're doing with, with the climate change? Yeah, it's a really good question um, because, yeah, now I'm, I'm busy in a different sort of way. Um, so when I was snowboarding, um, it was almost, it was easier because I knew exactly what I was doing and um, I, you know, would need to train every day and need to eat healthy and work with my coaches and video review and, be on the mountain and in the gym. And then I would have all of my, my business opportunities as well. So I had to sort of manage all of that, but it was pretty, you know, lumped into this one Avenue. And now it's sort of across the board with our, our business Alex bottle and my work with protect our winters. I also have started doing a little bit of work with another organization called love your brain. Um, I've been doing a little bit of writing, um, I think I'm working towards writing a book as well. Um, and then also do have speaking um, opportunities. So a lot of different opportunities and a lot of different avenues. So that can obviously be very overwhelming at times. So I think having routine is so important. And for me, um, yoga and meditation are sort of my, my anchor. Um, I started doing yoga when I was a teenager. Actually, I would travel around with a yoga DVD when I first started traveling around the world snowboarding, and that was kind of used for me as a way to ground myself, um, being so up in the air with competition and flying and constant travel. Um, and then in 2009, I started my meditation practice, and that has been really, really foundational as well because it, it just helps um, – helps making it, it helps to sort of add me back into the equation. And, and when I say that, I guess what I really mean is it's a recharge. 
And I think with all of the things that we're all doing right now in our society, and it is such a society of um, being turned on and being available and accessible 24 hours a day with social media and email and um, just constantly on. And so meditation is really a practice to just sit and still, still your body, still your mind and I think also meditation gets a bad rap because a lot of people believe that they can't still their mind. And I think it almost needs a, a sort of a PR overhaul because um, I think the huge misconception around meditation is that you do have to still your mind. And it's actually more of where you are choosing to direct your attention. And it's a practice. And when you sit down to meditate, you actually choose to direct your attention to one thing. And for me, I use a mantra-based meditation. And it's an amazing practice that you then take out into your everyday life. Um, so it's when you're act actually practicing, it is a reboot and a recharge, but you're actually honing in your awareness and your, your, your concentration and, and where you are choosing to put your energy towards. Um, so when you're b back out into life and you are managing so many things and juggling a lot of balls in the air, you're able to choose on purpose where you're focusing your attention and your energy and, and able to sort of direct it in a way that works best for you. So um, I would say for me, meditation is one of the most, one of my most powerful tools that I use. Well, I think it is starting to change. I think more people are getting a bit more interested in meditation. I know from this podcast, we've had other guests appear, other champions who have used meditation. It's certainly something that I've been interested in starting. I think I did one class while I was on holiday. How did you get started? And do you recommend any apps or any websites or any companies or anything to get other people started into meditation? Uh, yeah, actually, so I I started meditating in 2009, and then since then I've actually received my um, my teacher certification in a type of meditation called primordial sound meditation, which is from the Chopra Center. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Deepak Chopra. Heard of the name, yes. Right. He actually he has teamed up with Oprah Winfrey, and they do uh, like 21 day meditation challenges. So there's apps for that, but the type of meditation that I um, learned to teach primordial sound meditation, it's a mantra based meditation um, that is really, really simple. Um, there are a lot of apps that you can use and guided meditations, but ultimately you, you need, you know, you need your phone, you need something in order to do it with a mantra based meditation. All you need is the sound of your mantra and a comfortable, quiet place to sit. And so you don't really have an excuse not to meditate <laughs> with this practice, um, which is important because I feel like we all, we're very creative people and we can find so many excuses not to meditate. So I think the more simple, the better. Um, since, since I got my teacher's teacher certification in primordial sound meditation, I've actually been doing even deeper studies and practices with um, a teacher named Rod Stryker of Para Yoga, and um, the, in the past year have also been studying with his teacher, um, Pandaji of the Himalayan Institute. 
So I, yoga and meditation and sort of this deeper wisdom tradition is something that's just a passion, passion project for me. Um, I love, love, love learning about these ancient tools and techniques that have worked for people for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but to get back to the meditation techniques, one that I recommend, Richard, if you're interested in, in a meditation practice, I recommend using um, just the mantra, so hum. And again, you find a, a comfortable place to sit. You don't necessarily have to sit with your, your legs crossed on the floor. I think being comfortable in your body is more important in the beginning. Um, so just getting comfortable and um, sitting with your, your spine straight. So you want to make sure that you um, are relaxed, but you're also in a position where your, your spine is straight. And, and again, with meditation, it's sort of you're walking this line of being relaxed, but being highly aware. And it's something that we don't really practice in our society. If, if we're on it, usually we're not relaxed. There's some tension involved. So, um, again, meditation is this amazing practice for bringing this sort of these two parallel things, relaxation, but high awareness at the same time. And you close your eyes and you just repeat the mantra, so hum, to yourself. And it's not for type A type of people who might be listening to this podcast, which is definitely me. Um, You don't want it to be like a workout, like this repetition, so hum, so hum, so hum. It's sort of this relaxed listening to it and listening for it. And you can sort of pick it up in your own breath. So in the beginning, on your inhale, you listen for the sound so, and on the exhale, you listen for the sound hum. And from there, you're just sort of following your breath and listening for that sound in your breath. And then when you realize that you've drifted away to, an, to a thought or some sound in the room or um, a sensation in your body, when you've drifted away, that's when you realize that you have a choice. You can either continue to think about whatever you are thinking about or simply go back to your mantra. And because you dedicated a certain amount of time to meditation, you choose to go back to your mantra. Um, so, so no judgments, no expectations. It's not necessarily about what happens in your practice, but it's more about the benefits that come out in your everyday life when things do get stressful and you become more aware of the situation. And instead of just reacting in an unconscious way, you're able to consciously respond to things on purpose. So it's really just, um, it's, it's power. It's, it's getting your power back and, and training and doing it on purpose. Wow, well, when you said to sit up straight, I did that. And then I started closing my eyes just then. And then I didn't want to interrupt you. I was about to go say so hum. <laughs> uh, I, I have terrible just posture. Just get you right so. into a meditation. <laughs> You're like, Richard, you got more, any more questions? So hum. No, <laughs> it's not the time to be meditating. When is the time to be meditating? Is it something when you just have a spare few minutes? Or have you got as part of your routine of when you wake up, before you go to bed? When, when do you meditate? meditate honestly i think the best time to meditate is right when you wake up there's a an acronym that the chopra center talks about called rpm and it stands for rise p meditate 
not rise, go to the bathroom, look at your phone, check out Instagram, Twitter, look at some emails, have some coffee, then meditate, rise, pee, meditate. Um, the point is because if you start your day, odds are it's going to run away with you. So the first, if, if the first thing you do is get up and meditate, you've already started the day in, in such an intentional way. And also in a way that is filling yourself up, you're, you're charging yourself up and so that you can go out in the day and you can do all of the things that you love to do. Um, where you can, you know, take care of your responsibilities, go to work. Um, you know, we all have things that we have to do every day. And by starting the day with a meditation, you go throughout your day and just it, in more of a clear, connected, creative and, and conscious way. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. We'll have more from Gretchen in just a moment, but for you, the listeners of the Best in the World with Richard Parr podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You know, it's a product which I personally use. I've just downloaded another book on Audible. And it's Creativity Inc. Overcoming the unseen forces that stand in the way of true inspiration. And it's by Ed Catmull, the president of Pixar Animation Studios. Of course, they made Toy Story, among many other animated movies, back in 1995. That's when it all began. So I'm going to be listening to his story about how he got into this business into this industry and I believe he talks a lot about how he creates the culture of Pixar and how he worked very closely with Steve Jobs among other things in the book. I'm really looking forward to listening to it and you know I like to give you other recommendations of books and audiobooks on this show so I will let you know if it's any good and 
if I enjoy it. I was actually recommended it myself and that's what you should do. You should pay it forward. If you listen to a good book or you read a good book, please tell your friends or anyone else who wants to learn and improve because that's what we do on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. So if you want to get your free audiobook today, all you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash best and you can get your free audiobook download and 30 day free trial. All right, let's get back to Gretchen Blyler. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Before we started this interview, uh, as a mic check, I asked you what you were having for breakfast and it sounded very healthy. And one of the questions I've got on my notes here was to, was whether you still eat healthily, even though you're not competing. Why don't you tell our listeners what you normally have for breakfast and, 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 and is it similar to what you were eating when you were competing at all? Yeah, um, well, for breakfast this morning, I'm, I'm having a, a green smoothie with broccoli, orange, lemon, spirulina, ginger, and then also drinking a chai. Um, I, my whole career, I never had, I, I always had variety and I really always ate everything in moderation, but I've, I've always been a very healthy eater. I realized when I eat um, greens as my sort of foundation, and then of course, you know, fruits and um, grains and protein, just everything in, in balance and, and in moderation. Um, I, I've had parts of my career where I, what I went off and I tried kale, the paleo diet and then I tried full vegetarian and um, I sort of have tried everything. And for me, what, what works best is sort of this middle approach, which is eating healthy, always putting greens in my meals um, and, and, and really being tuned in with my own body and what works best for me. And again, I feel like meditation is a, an amazing tool for that too, because so many of us don't even know what's best for our own bodies because we have, we are running um, fast and we're just trying to get by. But if you take the time to, to slow down and really pay attention to your body and when you eat certain things, notice, you know, do you have more energy? Do you have less energy? Do, do you feel bloated? Do you, do you, what, how do you feel? And, and paying attention to those things and then creating a diet in line with that. I think that's the healthiest thing that we all can do. Um, but again, it takes, it takes sort of a lifestyle shift to even get to that place. Um, but I feel like if we can get to that place, that's when we're running at our best. Mm. So, you're doing your best to try and look after your body, but obviously as a snowboarder, accidents and injuries can, can always happen. What was the worst injury you had during your career? And how would you cope with injuries? What what would be your mindset when they would happen? Well, the worst injury I had uh, was in 2012, and it didn't even happen on the mountain on my snowboard. I was working with my coach, um, on the trampoline and I was getting ready to try a trick that season that I had never done before. And really that no other girls had, were really doing. And it's called a double crippler. 
um, in my career, my signature trick was the crippler, which in, in snowboarding in the half pipe, you have a front side wall and you have a backside wall. So the crippler is done on your front side wall, which is the wall that you ride into on your toe side edge. So you're facing the wall. And as you leave the lip of the wall, you do a um, rotating backflip. So it's basically a backflip with a 360 in it. Oh, wow. And that's the crippler. So I was working on doing a double crippler. So two, two backflips with the rotation in it. And I figured that if, if I was able to do a double backflip on the trampoline, that would be a really good first step for me to start doing this trick into an airbag. So I went to Park City and I trained with my coach that summer. And um, really just the second day into this training camp, I had the accident. And basically I was warming up to do a double backflip. I, I was doing one and a half because you can do that on, on a trampoline. You just land on your back on the trampoline. Um, and really what happened is I got over analytical, which was always, well, it still is a tendency of mine. When I get too logical and analytical in my, in my head, um, that's always when things <laughs> go wrong. And that's what happened in this situation. So I basically, I was warming up to do the double. I was doing the one and a half and I threw too hard for the one and a half, but I didn't throw hard enough for the double. So I landed sort of in this terrible, messy, in-between place, sort of on the back of my neck head oh. area with my knees still tucked in. And my right knee actually smashed into my face and I shattered my eye socket. And I broke oh. my nose and I gave myself a, a terrible concussion. Um, so I had to have eye surgery. I had double vision for six months. Um, I had concussion symptoms for about two months and, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty terrible. So coming back from that, it was interesting because when, when the accident happened, all I cared about was having the quality of life that I had enjoyed before this accident, because right after the accident, it was hard for me to, to walk. It was hard for me to open both eyes at the same time because of the double vision. Um, I was extremely nauseous. I, I couldn't do much of anything. Um, so snowboarding was something at the time I didn't even, I could care less about snowboarding. I just wanted to be able to have a, have regular vision again. So it was really sort of a, a step back and, um, realizing what was most important. Um, but coming back from that injury, it was important for me to come back from the injury because I didn't want to leave the sport having felt like I lost part of myself along the way. So um, I decided that I really wanted to come back and I wanted to, I wanted to, there was specifically a trick that I wanted, a trick and a run that I wanted to put together before I transitioned on. And, uh, I was able to do that and write, it, it took a couple of years to do it. But when I, after I did it, I, I knew that it was time for me to move on from snowboarding. Um, but when you, you ask the question around injuries and fear and how do you bounce back? Um, I had lots of injuries throughout my career and to me, 
you know, I, I blew out my knee in, um, 2003 and coming back from that injury, it, what I found it to be was more of just, um, it was like a much needed break. Actually, I, I find when we have injuries or we have times in our life that are these transition times, they're sometimes really frustrating because we aren't doing what we were doing before. We're not, you know, flying on, on top and having successes and um, things aren't kind of clicking together like they were, but having this time to actually, it's sort of like meditation, actually taking the time to take care of yourself and rehab and do what you need to do to, to rest and, and rebuild is such an important part of life. And I don't think it's something that we value in our society as much as we should, because actually, if you look at it, most of life is this sort of transition time. And I think it's important to sort of celebrate it and, and not just accept it, but sort of embrace it and say, yeah, I do have this time now to, to reassess and, and to take care of myself and to maybe change the direction where I was going. Um, because I, I always believe that these injuries happen for a reason. And oftentimes they do sort of help you reflect to sort of alter your path, even if it is in just a subtle way or a, a mental shift. Um, there's a reason it, it happens. Mm, that's a great thing to think about. I think we all could do that a little bit better, couldn't we? Uh, I know we've nearly run out of time. Uh, there's so much we've covered, so much more we can cover. So maybe when you have written that book and you're promoting that book, we'll get you on again because there's so much more I want to ask you. But I know you're very busy, so we'll, we'll wrap up in just a moment. Why don't you just uh, tell us before uh, before we go how we can contact you and follow you on Twitter and Facebook and any kind of social media so we can keep following your story and keep learning about climate change, the Alex bottle and everything else you're involved with. Wonderful. Um, well, Alex bottle, um, you can, you can buy Alex bottles through our website direct online and that's alexbottle.com. Um, I have a website, gretchenblyler.com and then I, um, I do Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all of those are just Gretchen Blyler. Um, and then if you want to learn a little bit more about Protect Our Winters, and, and if you are a member of the, the winter sports community or the outdoor sports community and climate change is something you're passionate about engaging and mobilizing in, check out protectourwinters.org. Um, yeah, yeah. And thanks, Richard, for having me on, on your awesome podcast. No, thank you so much. We've, we've definitely learned so much from you and we'll definitely be across all of those social media accounts and your website and, and all of your causes with climate change and protect, protecting the winter. It's protect your winters, correct? Protect our winters. Protect our winters. Yes, yeah, our winters. It's not yours. It's, it's ours. But, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the show. Gretchen Blyler, thank you for being the best in the world. Thanks, Richard. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Thanks a lot to Gretchen Blyler for appearing on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. We certainly learned a lot from her on today's show. Like we have done with many of our previous guests on The Best in the World, this is episode 30. So we've got 29 other 
world Olympic champions, world number ones, world record holders that we've learned from before. And they all give a different perspective and many of them come from all different sports. We've had cricketers, we've had rowers, we've had Paralympians, we've had netball players, we've had footballers. We've pretty much covered a lot of different sports in our 30 episodes and we will cover more different sports in the future and we will hear new stories from some of the greatest athletes on the planet which we can use in our athletic and sports ambitions but also in our everyday lives. If you've got any feedback about the show, maybe what you like, what you don't like, who you'd like to hear from, who you didn't enjoy listening to, then please let me know. It's at Richard underscore par on Twitter. You can also contact me on my website richardparr.net or leave a comment on the Facebook page Best in the World with Richard Parr. It's really easy to do. If you have enjoyed the show then I would really appreciate it if you would give it a rating and review on iTunes. It will help us scale the rankings and we will get even more listeners here on the Best in the World with Richard Parr. And we're going to continue to learn from the greatest sports stars on the planet starting again next week, next Wednesday on iTunes, on Stitcher, on richardparr.net. And I look forward to talking to you then. Have a great week. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 